What is going on, everybody? We are back for another episode of the ABJ Podcast. This is going to be episode 78 with my guest, Blackstrom. Uh, give me a second here, guys. We'll get right into all the housekeeping, and we'll bring that my guest in right away, uh, have him introduce himself, give you a brief little idea about him, and then we're off to the races. Uh, make sure you check the links below to support the ABJ Podcast. Follow me on social media. Grab merchandise or hit up that Patreon. If you're watching this now, it's pre-recorded. Everything's there. But uh, if you remember my Discord, I, I do stream the episodes as they're recorded the day they go live in the discord that people can still you'll hear me though you'll hear some of their questions come in and i also do have a link in my discord that you can go and check all of my guests previous links and follow them on social media as well as you'll see um uh, a link in there for any next guests coming up you can ask your questions so we can get those in as well so the discord is a place to go hang out meet new people and 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 be up to date and have that behind the scenes access with the content um as well as patreon if you join the patreon and you don't not a discord person the for a dollar or whatever price you want it's you pick your own price i don't i don't have set guidelines it's all up to you what you feel you want to donate it's a monthly donation it comes right out of your bank account that you set up with and uh, as low as a dollar you get access to interviews on monday and then the episode drops for everybody in the general public on the Thursday. So if you want to support, there's some new ways that we, uh, we're incorporating the Patreon. So it's not just general support. There is merchandise and a lot of few other things. Um, and also huge thanks to my guest, Suplex Vintage Wrestling. Guys, it has finally happened. A whole store fully dedicated to vintage wrestling. They say it can never be done, but I have seen it with my own eyes. Suplex Vintage Wrestling is a store curated by, for, by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. Located on 5th Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, just one block south, um, one block of South street in the heart of queen village their shop features the largest collection of vintage wrestling apparel under one roof their selection includes classic designs featuring your favorite wrestlers from the golden age attitude era internationals indies and more and if you're tired of watching and premium live events by yourself then svw holds the best watch party since your friend kyle's birthday party when you were 12 and if shirts and watch parties aren't your thing let's not forget about their selection of figures replica belts or trading cards from their t-shirts and hats to rare wrestling memorabilia they have something for every wrestling enthusiast out there so what are you waiting for check them out at suplex.svw on instagram or their website suplexsvw.com and let them satisfy your pro wrestling needs so make sure you go support those guys they are absolutely doing a great job they're doing a lot of cool things i believe they have a giveaway going on right now um actually i'm not even gonna get into that because i don't know when this is in the air and the giveaway might be over but always follow them on social media for new things right now they're giving no belt away but by the time you see this it probably won't be a thing but uh they have a big a, a legit replica big gold belt and it has a bunch of people who have held the big gold's autographs on it and if you can guess all of the autographs you win the belt because it just hit 10,000 followers. So that's the kind of the reason why you follow them and uh, give your shots to uh, possibly win some cool prizes. So without further ado, let me bring in my guest. What's going on, bud? What's up, dude? It's good to see you. Bro, it's been a minute. It has been a minute. Uh, I used to see you a ton at Camp Leapfrog. And then uh, there was a few times we did some shows in Jersey. And then we stopped in the same Wawa and hung out. Yep. Oh, I think I'm losing you for Did I lose you? I think I might have lost you. Your screen is frozen. I don't know if you could hear me. Oh no. My my browser just crashed. No idea. Oh, you're good. There we yeah, go. I'm good. I, that's crazy. That's never happened to me in the history of this podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, we hung out at the same Wawa and all that fun stuff. So give a brief introduction, just let them know you who you are, your name, and uh what you do for a living. Yeah, uh I am the tattooed torture expert, Blackstrom. Uh I'm located in New Jersey. 
and uh, I'm a pro wrestler. Um, on the side, I do art. Um, I'm a tattooer. So, uh, yeah, those are just some of the things I like to do. I have cats. I like my cats. I love <laughs> that. I, I, do you do digital art or just all or just print? Uh, just print, really. Like, uh, okay. I'll do I'll do some like drawing on like my iPad and stuff like that, but nothing maybe like crazy. I don't do one day I'll, like. I was say, maybe one day I'll commission you for a, a ABJ Podcast Blackstrom Edition logo. Oh, something cool like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. And then it's like a special edition. For, I, I like to support artists and 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 give them an opportunity and like work with them to get cool different logo designs. So that maybe a Blackstrom version of a logo would be fun. Um, yeah, yeah. The the tattoo yeah. the tattooed torture expert. So that we're gonna get into something because there's a match that I think two torture experts are really fun with each other. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever heard of him or worked with him, but Prince Ahmed would be something I think would be a cool little matchup of used to. The Egyptian, you know torture expert, the Egyptian torture expert. He's been on the podcast. He's a great story, and he's very, very innovative. I think I was supposed to wrestle him really? at some point. And it, it, like, I think it was like, it might have been like a year ago, maybe. And yeah, I think it fell through. Something fell through or like, but I know that we were going to be on the same show together and we were go, like probably going to be working and something came up. I can't really remember what it was, but uh, yeah, I, I think we were actually supposed to work each other at one point. Well, we got to, yeah, we got to get that back together and, and get that going again. Yeah. The, That's gotta uh, be, that definitely has to happen. He seems uh, like a talented guy. We can, oh, he's we can insane. Mix it up. One of my favorite people to call matches for too, because he'll do match moves that I, I don't, I didn't even think were possible. Uh, nice. The last match he was in, he was uh, that I got to call. He was in a triple threat, and the one guy had the other guy like a German, and he ran in and leg scissored them, like flying leg scissors around the waist, and then German them both with his legs. Oh, wow. Like he did like a back, like hooked them around his waist, backflipped, and German both of them. So it was like a double German suplex on his That's legs. Wild. I didn't even think it was possible. It was crazy. I got to watch out for that. <laughs> yeah, he's he's super, super talented. Um, I know the Sanctuary is a far drive. If you're ever free on a Friday, they uh, first Fridays in the month, they ha it's like it's like open mic night for pro wrestling. Everyone just comes and gets like matches in. So maybe we can finally, we can figure something out for you guys to square up there. I uh, I went there a couple times, actually. Like maybe like it might have been like five years ago, and they yeah. uh, it was really cool. Like it was you know you got those great photos inside that awesome like church type of building. Like yeah, it's, it's a, so it is a church, but that's <laughs> that's essentially the only place I work right now. So that's where I'm doing a lot of my commentary until this job kicks in. But it's a beautiful place, and I re I recommend everyone going and just getting some good footage and having some fun, and 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 you leave something, you leave there learning some fun things. Yeah, it was always yeah. fun. I think I went there three times, and. uh it was it was a lot of fun, you know, yeah. and, and everyone there was like really cool too. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good environment. I think it's John that John, John Trotsky, yes, yeah, Trotsky, yeah. He was uh, he was really cool. I remember. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's been a while since I've been over that way. Yeah. So let's let's just dive into it here. So what? Uh, when did you fall in love with this thing that we call professional wrestling? So I, as far back as I can remember in my life liked pro wrestling like when i was really really little um i remember like my family moved into a apartment complex in north jersey and the little kid that lived downstairs from us on the bottom floor 
he had wrestling figures. He had like, you know, a bunch of them, like the Hasbro guys. Yeah, uh, that's my bucket list collection. I want to get uh, the whole line. They're the best. And yeah. he uh, he had some of them. And because I saw the toys, it like got me interested. So immediately I was like, I was hooked. And the first one I got was Big Boss Man. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good yeah. one. Yo, we were so easily swayed in the er late, late 80s, early 90s. They're like, there's a new cartoon out. I don't care. It comes with toys. I'm in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, like in Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, Pokemon. We all got hooked because of figures first, and then um, the show. <laughs> that you're so right. Like it's E-Man, GI Joe, all to toy the, lines. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Was, and as soon as I saw that, like I started renting all like the VHS tapes from uh, the video store all the time. And but there was a time where I. I there's actually two times where I totally stopped watching wrestling altogether. Yeah, I had, I had one of those as well. High but, school, right out of high, in a high school. Um, I, I went to my cousin's house one night and we we're all there for a party and I had no idea what we were there for. I was just told it was a pay-per-view. It's like boxing. And I was like, I, I always thought boxing was cool, but I got bored with it. Like I just, <laughs> I can't watch two guys. I know it's a great art and it's a great, no, film, you're, but you're, like, you're just two people right. hugging, hugging for 15 uh -huh. rounds. It just bores it. me. Yeah, I can't stand it. Um, but we went to this hat. We went to his house and um, we're watching and these guys are in a cage. And I'm like, what is this? And then the main event was the first ever fight between Tito Ortiz and Ken Shamrock. And I go, I know him. He was in WWE. And they're like, who? what? And I'm like, yeah. And then here I found out he's this giant cage fighter. And from that moment forward, I was like, I don't know what this sport is but I love it. And I completely ditched pro wrestling for a while, for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it's crazy. I, uh, I think that MMA kind of took me out of that, that time period too, like around like 2000, I guess five or six. Yep. What, like that's when the ultimate fighter first came on TV, 2005 yeah. around that time. Like a lot of people were like, Oh, this is really cool. Like, and they started taking up MMA and grappling and stuff like that because of it. It was like total game changer, but yeah, it definitely impacted pro wrestling in the worst way possible, probably. Yeah, and then they somehow mixed back together at some point. And a lot of what we like now in professional wrestling, I feel if you were a pro wrestling fan, then left and then either found Japan or new our, our ring of honor, and then you've seen those shooter workers transition MMA into pro wrestling. I think it was a nice medium for people to come back and be like, Oh, that's kind of cool that they can use that into their wrestling yeah. performance Ab yeah. absolutely and, and when people do it good too like you know um you watch stuff like you know the guys that they book for blood sport and stuff like that like those I are good blood matches sport. man yeah. those are those are some good matches that they put on i i've watched a, a few that they threw up on youtube like it's hard for me to like go out of my way to like order pay-per-views and stuff sometimes but yeah the best way you could do it go on fight tv it's four bucks a month or five bucks a month. And you get all of like a bunch of independent wrestling, a t all the GCW stuff. And oh, you can wow. just go back and watch all that blood sport. Oh, wow. I, I really know. recommend it. Like they're <laughs> really, really good shows. I'm always out of the loop on stuff like that. Like something yeah. always exists that can make my life way easier. And everyone else knows about it. But yeah. Yeah. It's, now, did you, did you ever train mixed martial arts? A little bit. Yeah. Um, when I was right after. I left wrestling when I was younger, um, around like 2007 or eight. 
Um, I started training like a little bit at like nothing crazy, but I, when I was a, a kid, I trained from when I was like six years old until like through like high school doing karate. Basically. Okay. So I had a black makes, belt in that. That makes sense with your strikes. Yeah. Like I, I just, you know what? And when I was younger too, and I started doing wrestling school when I was like 14, I asked my instructor, I was like, is it okay if I like mix in some of my martial arts, like into my wrestling? He was like, yeah, sure. Just, you know, just make sure it looks good. And I was like, okay. And then I started doing it, but a lot of people yeah. got into MMA and started mixing it in with their style. And I didn't do like, you know, I'm not saying I did like competitive MMA or anything, but grappled around a little bit. Um, after, you know, I, I stopped wrestling the first time. And no, uh, you said wrestling was, is that like collegiate wrestling, like Matt wrestling? No, pro wrestling. So actually I started wrestling when I was 14 Wow. And uh, I wrestled all the way till I was like, uh, I think I was 20 when I stopped. I got like real sick. I have Crohn's disease. So my okay. stomach would always get like insane and I would drop a lot of weight and uh, I was like constantly sick. So around like 2006 or so, I just, I dropped out of wrestling totally. Um, and then I came what, back. What school were you at? It was IWF in, it was West Patterson. Um, then they changed the name of West Patterson into Woodland Park. So it's in Jersey. Um, and then at, down the line, though, like, I think when I came back, it was in 2016 or 17, and they moved the school to Nutley. So okay. they were, uh, that was the original school I started at before going to, I think it was 2003, I went to the Wrestle Factory. Okay. And so I, I work for, I work for a promotion, uh, IWA, New Jersey in Nutley, New Jersey. Oh, okay. I think that, there, that crowd is crazy. Yeah. The most intense crowd I've ever, one of the most intense crowds I've ever done commentary for. So cool. Yeah. yeah like it's that really area. Good. Like they, they like wrestling over in those towns. It's wild. Mm -hmm. Big, big Hispanic community too. Like they, that yeah. most of the promotion is all Hispanic and they are the f most fun. Yeah. They like to have yeah. fun. Like <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And yeah. The, so uh, grow, uh, growing up too, when you, that's insane that you started so young and, and that your parents let you get into it. So young, uh -huh. who were some, like you said, you had the karate background and all that. Who are some people that you emulated or you grew up watching that you wanted to be like, or you added to your style of wrestling? Um, when I was younger. So when I, I started out and everything, um, I was huge on Jeff Hardy. He was like him and like the Hardy boys were the biggest thing. in like the early, we're talking like 2001. Yeah. So, so like, you know, the Hardy, the whole attitude there is at its height. So like, uh, I wanted to be like fucking Jeff. Oh, am I allowed to curse? You can curse. Yes. Okay. I wanted to like be Jeff Hardy. So I had like long hair. It was bleached. Um, and I would do a bunch of stuff like the Swanton and like the uh, Whisper in the Wind. And then everything else I did was like Tajiri because I loved Tajiri when I uh, before like before he was in WWE when he was in ECW. Um, I was a huge like fan of the Tajiri versus Super Crazy matches. Yeah. So to every uh, res every wrestling video game I had, if I didn't have a Sweet Chin music, if I didn't have the Famous Air, I went Poison Mist or Buzzsaw Kick. Heck yeah. 
Tajiri, yeah. uh, Tajiri made me like everyone says Muda. I didn't know Muda. Tajiri mm-hmm. got me into the poison mist and to and the buzzsaw kick where he would just snap and I was like, that is the coolest finish. Like that looks like it would le- legit kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's that time period too. Like people don't even understand like the thigh slap thing. Yeah. Like the early 2000s and late 90s, no one knew what that was. So like people when Tajiri would throw these kicks at dudes right in their face and you'd hear that crack of the sound. He had like, leather pants. The the crowd was cringing because like it was it was real. Like it yeah. seemed like unstopped, like that this dude was a madman just ripping people's heads off. That was like the the shock of it all back then. He's but. still like doing stuff on the indie scene too. If I ever see him at a show, like for a meet and greet, he'd be somebody I would seek out. Him and Mick Foley are like probably my two bucket list guys. Yeah, yeah. nice. You, you never met? Uh, you never met Mick? Never. And I live right by Knobles, and he's there all the time. Oh, and wow. I never bumped into him. I met him when I was uh, when I was younger, like a teenager. I went to his book signing for when he had. Oh, uh, I have have a nice day, day book. I yeah. have it. Yeah. Nice. I, yeah, that was the only time I met him. Him, him, and Sean, uh, him, Sean, and then that it, it just like kind of falls into a. All these people are my favorite, but him and Sean, and probably Jericho, are like my top three of all time. Nice. Yeah, that's that's good, my good guy. picks. Yeah, I have a style. Except Mick. Mick's completely different. But Mick made me like. I was like, he looks so different than everybody else. And that's why I liked him. And then obviously the three characters. And I just, I always gravitated to a character and Mick was the mm-hmm. first person like Mick gold dust cane undertaker, like larger than life, weird people. I just like, yeah, I would say like my little like top four. That was like, really, I was like, I couldn't stop watching when I was a kid. Like that was like, you know, like the Hardys, Austin Foley. And then like, probably I would say like, rob van dam or sabu because they were yeah, just yeah, yeah but like yeah that time period was wild you Such know who a- else i used to like a lot and people were like you like him i was like he's so good taka michinoku yeah i oh, love so taka good. yeah no one ever i always picked him in the video games like what are you doing uh-huh. <laughs> i like the michinoku driver i thought it looked cool uh <laughs> he had some good so, matches uh with super crazy too and he, yeah. he did like a little i think it was when he left uh wb for like a little bit i don't know if they had like a contract thing but he went down to ecw for a little bit and then he went back up to wwe and yeah he's just amazing he's, so he's a psycho so um i was gonna ask how did you you kind of talked a little bit about it but how did you transition then at such a young age like how did you convince your mom how did you find the school how did you go through that whole process so this was like a I saw so like I was watching rest. I went on vacation. It was summer, and I hadn't watched wrestling since I was a kid. Meanwhile, I'm still like 12 years old. Yeah, yeah. And where I'm flipping through the channels, and I saw on Monday Night Raw, and like my dad flipped through, and I was like, wait, 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 go back. And he's like, what? You're gonna watch wrestling? Like, how old are you? And I was like, no, like I want to see like because I saw kids at school, like at the end of the school year, rocking Austin 316 shirts. Immediately, I was like hooked watching it. So a few weeks later, because wrestling's huge, I saw on the news, kids backyard wrestling. So I started backyard wrestling like a dummy. 
And my mom was just like, you're going to hurt yourself. Like you have to like learn what you're doing. Cause like they're trained professionals. And, uh, so I started looking for schools to like teach me how to do what I was doing. And, uh, I called monster factory and I talked to Larry Sharp and he was like, you're too young. Uh, call back in a few years. I called C I think I called CZW and I was too young cause I was 12. Yeah. And, uh, so I kind of just stopped looking for a little bit. And then after a few years, when I was like 13, I found IWF, but they said I had to be 14. So I was like, all right. I'm so 14. Kept, yeah. Only 14. But my mom had to sign all this stuff and yeah, it was, you know, from doing martial arts growing up and just being like getting into high school, you're so like young and athletic and growing. Like it was a really easy transition when you're a kid, yeah. like doing it, nothing hurts either, which is like, I can't if, remember. If, That's if like, this question can't be answered, I, I completely understand. I don't want to give too much away. If it's something, a lot of people still protect a lot, but like at 14 and going to a wrestling school, are they just like, Hey, you're going to do your own bumps, like flip bumps, fall bumps, running ropes, workout, calisthenics, cardio or like at what point do they start saying, okay, we're going to like teach you how to put a match together. Like we're going to let you lock up and do stuff with people. <laughs> you know what? This is actually, uh, this is actually a really funny question because like it was, I was asking him like non the Kevin Knight was the trainer at the school. I was like messaging him on AOL, like, Hey, like when can I learn how to bump? When can I learn how to bump? Cause I just want it. And he's like, well, eventually, eventually when you're ready, eventually got to it. And it was like the, uh, like the back bump where you hold on to like the rope. And it was like, it was easy, whatever. And, but after like a little bit, you are, well, at least I was just treated like one of the, one of the grownups, like no difference whatsoever. I was like, I was 14 and I was like getting hit just like everyone else in the room was getting hit. I was getting I was so sore going to school. It was pretty wild. I, uh, yeah. It, were you, there, were, there, were you going to school and bragging like I'm a wrestler? Yeah, I was. And then sometimes <laughs> yeah. it was, it was weird though. Sometimes because like, I wasn't one of those kids that was like one of like the popular, popular kids or anything. Like I didn't have enemies really, but like, so people would say things or think things were stupid, of course, because like yeah. you know, kids in school, they say stupid stuff, but you can't let it, you know, get you discouraged. Have you, did anyone ever test you like, oh, you think you're tough because you're a wrestler type deal? Yeah, I, I, like that was one of the things growing up. I, I don't know if it's still like that now, but like when I was growing up, like they would tell you, like, if you were a martial artist, like, don't tell people you're a martial artist, like, don't tell mm -hmm. them you're a black belt. And it kind of was like the same thing with wrestling because like people used to want to like test you or whatever. And uh, it never works out for the other person. Like, never. It, it's just stupid. So it's, it's so insane to think about like, so I don't, I don't want to bash martial arts, but like mm -hmm. there's people who do martial arts and there's people who break boards. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the people who break boards think they do the other martial arts and they're tough guys. It's like, well, boards don't hit back. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Uh, it's a two different style of, of martial arts. But if someone trains at anything in life, you're going to be better at it than the average Joe. Now there yeah. are some, there are some 
weird parallels where somebody either they fight a lot or they're just freak athletes and they can get by with their athletic abilities. But for the most part, if someone grapples, if someone is a shoot wrestler, if so, and they do that for a period of time and you pick a fight with them in a bar, you're not winning. Yeah, it's <laughs> you're you're going to get embarrassed. So uh, but yeah, like people, people would be like that, like, or say something, or they would just like make comments at school. But yeah, it, it's, that was how it was, I guess, growing up back then. I think kids are like nicer to each other now, which is like, I sure hope so. Yeah, me yeah. too. Like <laughs> it's, it, were, it, wasn't, it was rough. It was rough for my era. I feel like um, we had like the last of like, the assholes like we're maybe we're getting out of the asshole era finally <laughs> um so because you were in professional wrestling at such a young age did that stop you from doing other sports like did you soccer basketball football like was all that out the window because you already had your extra extracurricular activity um i am like so i also so i also grew up like really into punk rock and stuff like that so it was weird. So growing up, I was into like uh, martial arts, like karate, but also uh, I played baseball and football growing up. So wow. I, I was I was doing sports. And uh, how did you find the time? Oh, it, like, I don't know. Like, where do you get it when you're a kid? Like, what I know I, it's what was I doing? <laughs> you're karate, basketball, uh, baseball, football, pro wrestling. And then were you learning how to play an instrument at the time, too? Pro, yeah, like I was listening Crazy. to punk rock, so like I'm trying to like. Learn Were your grades good? Huh? Were your grades good? No, they were. Oh, terrible. okay, that made, there's the, there's the balance. So, yeah, I just didn't go to school. Uh, the uh, no, but like I, I, as soon as like high school hit and I was like obsessed with wrestling, I just dropped everything. Like I didn't care about anything anymore. Um, my coaches from baseball were like, promise me you're going to play. And I was like, yeah, I promise. And I was just like, no, nah, like yeah. I, I want to be a wrestler. I'm jumping uh, off shit. Uh, but like, yeah, like I'm like, I'm going to go home and like jump off the balcony of my apartment and like threw a bunch of cardboard boxes. And that's <laughs> what I wanted to from now on. So what bands got you into punk music? Uh, first punk band that I got into was no FX. Okay. Um, kids don't or what parents don't understand or what our kids. What it, uh, it was, I got, yeah, I was so young when I got into punk. It was, I can't remember what year I was in fourth grade. It yeah. was because one of my friends that I met that year in school, his, uh, his older brother was into punk rock and stuff. So he was, so you had like this little punk rock kid and I, we just made friends and, but yeah, the first band was no FX and then rancid. But yeah. it was back like probably like 96, 90. Yeah, probably like around 96, 97. So punk was like really cool back then. It was yeah, like, well, well, I, I was first introduced to the pop punk. Nice. Okay. So pop punk was my introduction. And then I went back and learned older punk. But I remember like one of the first, the first two bands that I really found for myself. And like, cause all growing up, my, both my parents are huge into music that my daddy is a DJ, but music was always a thing. They didn't play any instruments. They just enjoyed listening to it. But, uh, so I listened to all my dad's class, like Van Halen, uh, Led Zeppelin, Motley Crue, Aerosmith, ACDC, all that stuff, the who, uh -huh. all that. And then he's like, well, you need to find your first band. And my first band was like around the time where I actually cared was Blink-182 and Linkin Park. Nice. Yeah, I love they're my, Yeah. I, 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 I want a Blink tattoo so bad. I want to get the, I don't know if I want the rabbit or if I want the, the smiley face. 
you know what? It's funny. Like the, the smiley face one. I remember when that album came out like years ago and I was like, Oh, it's like the new thing like that they're using. It's like the but Nirvana now, face. So now it's, it's been so long now that that's so iconic to that band that it's like, it's awesome. Like, it's funny how, like when something new comes out, you're like, no, that's stupid. And then like years later, you're like, Oh, I love it. It's just like, I go through that with certain albums too. I, I that, have younger cousins album. and my younger cousins now are obsessed with like my chemical romance or not cousins, but like my friends, kids and shit are obsessed with my chemical romance and fallout boy and blink. Cause blinks. Uh-huh. I'm like, they were, that was my like teenage years bands. Like what? I'm like, they've been around that long. Like I remember when <laughs> fallout boy put their first album out. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, me and my wife will drive around and like, put on stuff from like you know that era and she loves like fallout boy and oh, yellow, yellow card yep. yeah yeah i like i like like a good a good portion of it and then like i think the other portion i'm just not familiar with because yep. i was listening to other stuff but punk yeah, is like, like anti-establishment and then emo is like sad boy punk yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's punk adjacent you know uh-huh yeah um so yeah so um we took a weird detour there, but I, I loved every bit oh, of that. Cool, yeah. uh, <laughs> so finally, you're, you're training. Uh, I'm guessing, you know, you're doing everything, but you weren't allowed to physically be a part of a match until you're 18. Unless well, Jersey's Wild West, who knows what the rules there. But um, when did you first have your, your first match where you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to do this in front of a crowd? We did get detoured now. That <laughs> I'm yeah. just realizing how far <laughs> yeah. So I did. I took all the bumps and everything. Myself got treated the same as everyone. And then we started doing matches and I'm not going to lie. Like I didn't really know the psychology. I don't understand the psychology of the match for like three years. Like, like, no, like every, I think everyone else knew what the deal was. And then, but whenever I was working with someone, they would come up to me and they'd be like, what do you want this to be? What do you want that to be? And I'd say, I want to do sunset flip. And I wanted to uh, in Zagiri. And they'd be like, okay, cool. And then we'd kind of just call it in the ring. And yeah, my first match was, uh, I think I just turned 15 when I had in my In front first of a crowd. Match. Yeah. Wow. First one-on-one, battle royal, six-man tag. One-on-one, singles match. Wow, look at Five you. Minutes. Yeah. Blown up, like crawling around. <laughs> Now, were you just were you the kid out there who just got the shit kicked out of him because you were the small kid? Were you like no, the Spike Dudley of your wrestling school? Kind of, yeah, sort of. Um, and I think that they they kind of wanted me to be like that, and I didn't want to be like that. Um, because when I was a kid, like I was so skinny and little, like I hated it. Because the kids in school would be like, "Oh, you're you're so skinny. How can you be a pro wrestler?" And like, so I just worked out like nonstop. Yeah. So, like, they wanted me to be, like, this Spike Dudley character. I literally, like, said that. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, oh, so. And I wanted to be more, like, Tajiri, Jeff Hardy, high flyer type of guy. Yeah. And uh, so it was kind of, like, not squash matches, but, like, you know, a lot of, like, a lot of heat on me. And then at the end of the match, I get a few things and maybe win. But I don't remember winning. Yeah, like I wasn't ever like put up on like some big thing where it was like the fourteen-year-old did it. He won won the tournament. (laughs) Nothing like that. 
uh when did when did you find out find out you were diagnosed Crohn's? Was that young or was that later on in life? Oh, I was 19. Wow. So how, how was that now was that a, a setback for you when it came to pro wrestling or was it something you struggled with for a while but wasn't diagnosed till 19? Yeah, like I think so I think I started having problems when I was 17. And just like most people like when problems occur with your health like some people just ignore it and they're just like, "Oh, it'll fix itself." But like it's the worst thing you can do. Um yep. well, that's exactly what I did with my joint disorder. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I just ignored it and like it got worse and I didn't know that what it if it was something and it turned out like yeah, it was uh I think like yeah, I went to the doctor cuz I think I was just throwing up and I was like in pain and some other stuff was going on too that was like fucked up. So like they did a scan and everything and they're like, oh, you have Crohn's. And then it wasn't long after the diagnosis where like I was in the hospital, like nonstop, like in for a week, out for a week, in for three weeks, out for a week, in wow. for two weeks. It was like that summer when I, it, that was the summer I left wrestling. It was, it was so crazy. And then it, towards the end of it all, like they finally wound up doing surgery on me to like take the diseased area out but like yo that it was wild like being yeah. in and out of the hospital so much they were pumping me full of all kinds of drugs and like it was not i got a glimpse of like what people could potentially be going through in the world of like when they get hooked on like drugs at the the doctor and then they're like thrown out into the world like with no drugs like yeah i remember like coming out of the i had never really done drugs before like ever i i was straight edge like i was a straight edge kid listening to hardcore and everything and all of a sudden i'm in the emergency room they're like here's some morphine and like i was like what's going on this is insane so like yeah i was like they gotta not give this to people <laughs> yeah. i mean that, that's but, what I want. Whatever time I'd go, I was like, hey, uh, my, my joints hurt. My body hurts. So like, well, here's more pain pills, more pain pills. And then I hit a certain age where I was just like, when I found out pain pills and beer was a cool combination. And I was just like, yeah, I got to adjust here. And yeah. uh, I, I, I stopped. I, pain, I dropped the pain pills and uh, I switched over to, let's just say, medical marijuana. And it yeah, changed yeah. everything for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of people yeah. um in, are bringing that into like uh like with the medical marijuana they're using it for like uh alcoholism and stuff like that too like yeah. i saw some people are putting that on like it's like crohn's and cancer and stuff like that but they're adding like it has, does help with like uh addiction and stuff like that or i uh, see more wrestlers after a match not trying to out anybody but go in the back and take a couple hits of a pen or light something up and like the, the, the days of like the old school guys are like there was a case three cases of beer in the back or there was pills being distributed or people doing lines and yeah. just like i personally have never seen that i just seen people smoke a weed join a joint after their match and they're just yep. like and they're like oh it makes my body feel better and it's just like what a difference in just uh, this industry that helps people so much yeah it, it's 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 so it's such like a good excuse me the uh that's a good like view of how like wrestling is now like it's a lot more chill. It's a lot more accepting. Like, you know, you're not going to get, you know, beat up by your trainer because you went in and smelled like weed, you know, like, you know, mm -hmm. it's not like that anymore. And then yeah, since I've been back, like back in the day, like early 2000s, like 
I was like a teenager and I was, I had seen cocaine mixed around in things yeah. in, in places. And I was a kid, but now like I've been back for like six years now and I haven't seen anything like that. I haven't even yeah. seen, I mean, I saw one person once that uh, was definitely on something, but for the, every other show, like I've never seen drugs. I've never seen anybody getting wasted. Like, this generation of wrestlers is like top notch. They are yeah. respectful. They respect each other. They respect the building. Like it's, it's just a sign of like, we're in a good era of, of yeah. wrestling. Yes. They're, totally uh, and then it's, you know, smoking weed outside, like so much better than all that shit. Like, yeah, I told yeah, I, 100%. So my next line here, my next question for you would be, what are some of your favorite matches you had? But I want to kind of backtrack uh, and make it about us real quick. But uh, when we first met each other, uh, we talked about when people mix mixed martial arts into professional wrestling. And the first time I, I ever really had my first taste of independent pro wrestling or I was a part of a production team and I was anything was Camp Leapfrog. Um, and we did um, Frog Sport, which was essentially the blood sport version, but our wacky co Mortal Kombat version. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it was a lot of fun. And I just remember, like, I was really intimidated, but I was watching it, and I watched the first couple matches. And I just remember being like, if we did a couple different things here, it would feel more like Mish Martial Arts and not what it was. And I remember pitching the idea to the people running it at the time, and then I pitched it to matt mikowski and i remember i believe you were around it as well and i was like if there's anyone around ringside who knows mixed martial arts calls like i feel like if they almost like a corner man where they yell out like watch the choke watch the choke pull your guard pull. even if the person in the ring has no idea what they're saying yeah the audio of people watching will make it seem more legit yeah absolutely and then i and then i remember pitching it to darius he's like well i need to do something that's a heel thing but in the context of this what can i do and they were like talking about low blows or an illegal move and i was like i know one that'll be even worse and they're like what do you mean i said when you finish them how are you going to win the match they're like oh we're going submission i said don't let go force the ref to make you let go because that's even worse than anything else in the mixed martial arts world like yeah if you have an arm bar and you're not letting go not letting go not like like that's deemed like and and swinging after the fight but i mean but in that context i felt instead of a low blow or an eye gouge or something i felt like holding the submission on after the person clearly taps and not letting go was more mm -hmm. of a scumbag move yeah. and he's like and he ran with it and he did it the whole the whole time and i was like that's kind of cool like like it went through but i remember you you matt and a few other people you can definitely tell you guys had some sort of mixed martial arts knowledge background and stuff like that and it showed in your matches oh yeah and thank you like that was that was like so much fun getting to you know wrestle matt and i still have the kick pad do, mix it up oh nice yeah the, uh that yeah that was a lot of fun i hope me and him get to work again someday um i think he's just re he just recovered or he's been recovering from his uh his knee, knee, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, like, man, he he's he's good. Yeah, he, very, he's very gonna good. do stuff. He's gonna do stuff for real. Um, he'll fit in anywhere he goes, especially with the, the what we we're just talking about, like mixing the two styles. He keeps it real, so you know. He'll be and he's super athletic too. Like, I mean, if you haven't went, I go to um, um, high tension wrestling on YouTube, 
and mm-hmm. search the camp leapfrog um he finishes a match with a top rope superplex that turns into a flipping arm bar like yeah <laughs> like what I, like <laughs> i uh i remember i think i was like watching that and i had no clue that was coming and i yeah. was what was yeah that? i lost it like it was like a spanish a, fly flipped into like an, a flying arm bar in midair it was no physics top, bro. it was crazy <laughs> but that's kind of his bit where he can pull an arm bar at anything like mm-hmm. like it looks like a back body drop into an arm bar like that's Mikowski's bit and it's it's awesome it's so much fun uh, what that's what Ronda Rousey should have been doing because her yeah. whole career was based off arm bars, but they like creative waves of her getting into the arm bar, but her pace got so slow her second year. Bum me out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So what are some matches you personally have had that really stand out for you or if people can seek them out online or go search for them? What would they be? Uh, look, there was one, I don't even know if it's up, but uh, it was a tag match with, I was teaming with Hermit Crab against Johnny Moran and Green Ant, who is Ultimo Ant now. Yes, he changed up. Yeah. He's he's evolved. Yeah, um, all, all all those characters from those have changed their name a little bit, or just changed their yeah, hair. So it's their he's own evolved. thing now. He's evolved. He uh, he's like silver now. So yeah. he's uh, he's cool. Yeah, we had um a tag match that was like. No holds barred. Like, I don't know if it was false count anywhere, but it was like anything goes street fight. And it was just like weapons. And it was a lot of fun. Like, I know we were being like the hell out of each other with some of this stuff. Um, But at one point I actually uh, accident, like totally, I took a chair shot and I didn't put my hands up. because I was just like, yeah, I'm a tough guy. I'm not going to put my hands up. So I took, chair shot and it just put like a hole in the top of my head that's like it's still there and uh i just started like blood everywhere it really added to the match on the bright side of things um but yeah we i think we finished the match like that happened went a few more minutes got everything going and uh i think i got power bombed through like a door like a couple minutes after that. And I think that was like the finish, but it was like, it was a blow off match. So there was a story to, uh, to why we were fighting. What promotion was, was this? Excellence in okay. Pennsylvania. The, uh, they haven't done anything in a while. It's, that was so much fun. Rest. That was always a good time every month. Just like, you know, in Sellersville, just always the one, like, you know, guaranteed spot. It was really cool. Um, always a good crowd too. Like they just love pro wrestling. Weird town. Just, there's nothing out there. There's yeah. nothing. Most, the that's most there. of Pennsylvania. Yeah, but that there's yeah, w- we were wood, coal, woods and coal towns. Yeah, that's what it. Yeah, it seemed like that, like a coal town type of thing. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then I would say like I had a match with uh, Ray Jazz um for wrestling open that was it was actually my wrestling open debut okay. that match was a lot of fun um did you, ever, did you ever get to work any names not really um it's funny like a lot of the times when i i'm on shows and there's like names and stuff they're always like announced ahead of time with their matches and it's like um it's not that I, i'm getting on the show later but i feel like they had like 
whoever it was in mind with them. But not saying I, I wouldn't want to work names. Of course, I, I would love to work some names. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, no one, uh, no one really on the list. I mean, like I've tagged with Cheeseburger and Eli Isom uh, a few years ago in like Alabama. We we were in like a six man. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's uh, the names thing. Like not too many really. Yeah, I think the name thing happens one or two. So what you just said here is you work Jersey, Pennsylvania. You said you were in Alabama. So you move around a lot. So that's is good for you because you get out more. But I feel like a lot of guys who get the names at a promotion are people who kind of stay within their 25, 30 mile bubble. Yeah. They, stick, they stick only to that promotion. And because they're there all the time and they've kind of made that their home then they get rewarded with the names when they come in, where if it's a yeah. guy like you who, like, you make your journey around because you make this your industry, um, you might lose those opportunities because you're not a regular at a promotion. Yeah, no, yeah. I feel like that you're you're spot on with that. Like, if, if I'm, you know, just coming in for, like, a one-stop before, you know, I'm going somewhere else or whatever, like, you know, chances are I'm going to probably be with, like, someone that wrestles like me or whatever, like um or the same size as me and then yeah names usually with the guys that are there for a while to be like the champion or whatever the established people that the crowd knows yeah yeah uh who are some what are some promotions that you work at now that people can search and say and and find a lot of your backlog or places that you 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 attend more than others um i was uh i've been kind of injured late like recently so like um i've been healing up my back is like not man, it's upper back, like lower neck area has been a little wacky. So like I've been just taking some time to heal it. So I've been taking a little time off, but the, uh, how much is that from wrestling and how much is that from tattooing? Yo, it's, it's crazy. Like I'll have a match and I'll be like, yo, I feel like I'm going to be like totally dead tomorrow and I'll wake up the next day and I'll be fine. And it's weird. But then if I do like a four hour, five hour tattoo, like the next day or something like that, I'm like dead. It's because you're like hunched over. Every tattoo artist I know, their backs are destroyed. Like they're worse than wrestlers. (laughs) Yeah. So I do both. So I'm like, my back (laughs) is just murdered. So everyone that watches me wrestle, just like, no, I'm I'm always in pain. It's like, yeah, (laughs) it's that is. your hands too that got like i mean the newer guns the ones that don't have a lot of the vibration or the Mm -hmm. loud noise and stuff like there's ones that look like just a stylus pen that's somehow like they're crazy that's like a popping battery it's so much it's not even a a recoil a coil or anything on them i I actually just got tattooed by one it was actually very pleasant nice nice yeah yeah that's that's actually what i use like i uh i used to use like the coil machines and everything and uh got used to the weight and you know you had friends or mentors or whatever that use those things for like 20 years they get like arthritis they get carpal tunnel really bad and then you can only work for a certain amount of years so the evolution of like the pens and stuff like that it's huge like i'll be able to tattoo like forever yeah (laughs) and and the girl who just recently she she actually did the ABJ logo that's behind us, and then she's done a couple of my tats. She did my I was like her one of her first apprentice tattoos she did. Uh, oh, nice. I made her I, I made her do color and everything. She was terrified. I was like, "What's the worst <laughs> thing? You fuck you fuck it up." And then I don't I don't care. I'm happy to give you the the opportunity to try. But uh, 
she was someone who painted and did a lot of digital art and draw. And like, I think her coming into the tattoo game and nodding, not having to use the old school stuff and using the stylus pen. Mm-hmm. And she took to it better because it was more comfortable for her transition through. Yeah. yeah. Those things like the old coil machines, it's nothing like drawing. It's like, yeah, it's trying to like draw the lawnmower. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like ridiculous. It's, I don't know how we did it for so long, but here we are. Yeah. Well, I'm going to come back to tattoo. I promise. This is my ADHD <laughs> taking us on side quests. Um, <laughs> so um, other matches, if you if, if can't think of anything, if not um, matches that you want, that you have never had that like, boy, if I can speak into the universe and I want to work that guy or work that guy again, or be a part of a program with this person, who would those people be? Um, you know what? I had two, uh, this company had two shows and I had a pretty fun match on both shows. It was uh, upper limit wrestling. Um, the first show I was in like a four way with Jay bougie brother greatness and, uh, gabriel sky and that was so much fun like the four of us in there like we went we mixed really well together and i i really liked i love bougie like, but he his yeah dirtball he's so good <laughs> they're all all three of those dudes were like awesome to work with they're so talented i'd go one-on-one with any any one of those dudes um and then like there's dudes like ichiban or uh mach 10 yeah those dudes real real good um have you heard have you are you aware of rocket on the scene like rocket's another high flyer if you want to work someone who's you know what i that i was um i was supposed to actually a couple months i think it was during the winter i was supposed to be in like a scramble match and i think rocket was supposed was in the scramble match but i got covid and i couldn't make it to the show like i was he's unbelievable He's he's down. he's the guy on the scene right now that I keep telling people that like he he's gonna be on TV soon. I gotta check him out then. Yeah, yeah. He, his uh, body his body control in the air is unbelievable, and his uh, his his mentality into it is really good. He's a he's an H two O kid. He's a Tremont kid. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah. So his 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 mind state's there. He is one of the best frog splashes. Like he rivals Montez. Montez Ford with his frog. Oh, wow. He's, he gets up there. he's so, so talented and his charisma through the roof. And he's not someone that looks for every high spot, high spot, high spot. He knows how to stop or work the crowd and get them involved. Like he's got it all together and he's only been doing it a short time. That's awesome. Yeah. Those, yeah. those H2O kids, man, like Marcus, um, they're, they're good, man. I, 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 um, when I came back to wrestling, like I didn't know what's, like none of these, some of these schools didn't even exist when I left all the, like 10 years before I came back, I was gone for 10 years. So like they, some of them didn't exist. So I didn't know what to think of any of them. So like seeing how good some of these kids are, it's, it's really cool. Like those yeah. H2O kids are, are awesome. Yeah. Um. So any other matches out there that you would love to square up with? Um, anyone that's like i like guys that are like i don't do too much like high flying type of stuff but i like wrestling guys who do a decent amount of it mm-hmm. um like you know like i was saying like someone like mock 10 or ichiban um you know like, well, the whole bit for you as a torture expert is you're slowing down their momentum so that the ring psychology is better for those type of people 
yeah it, i feel like it, it mixes well um yeah. also too like i i don't mind being like an underdog in the match either like fighting big dudes like if i have to like uh tyree taylor um like rex he's a he's a monster he's huge. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah like i don't mind fighting big dudes um so like you know i, I just like to go out there have and you try ever, to tell the story have you ever done an intergender yeah well you know what uh just like bits here and there but like i think that the funniest thing about that that i don't really like work that many intergender matches is that when i was when i came back to wrestling i was training with damien adams and i trained with him for three years and so every thursday night it was me and tasha steals like we were oh, like okay it was like it thursdays was dead for some reason and it was always like one of the beginners and then uh me and tasha steals every thursday um and then oh, uh, former former impact women's champion yeah like we would train it like and uh diana peraza would come in because she's another she former would be on... impact women's champion <laughs> yeah like, so she would be she was always uh at that time really busy with ring of honor and stuff like that and i think she was like in talks of getting signed by wwe also mm -hmm. she so, wasn't um, she in the main young classic and then she went back to roh yeah i, I yeah, forget I that's what there, happened yeah there was, i forget how exactly it went but yes yeah, so wwe gave her really harsh critiques like she wasn't good enough or something like that and then the next year she was roh women's champion and then became like impact women's champion and just been dominating ever since yeah that that just shows like they might be the biggest company in the world or whatever but like they still make mistakes like yep. It, they will still make mistakes and to never like their word isn't the final word like yeah people out there that like used to work there that they're on the indies making more money than they were when they were you know signed to like an nxt deal um uh, sammy zane recently just came out and said i lost almost a hundred thousand dollars close to a hundred thousand or seventy five thousand dollars a year leaving the indies to get my nxt contract right there yeah yeah that's <laughs> like crazy it, to think about yeah. it i mean now it's worth it like yeah. but, but back then you know if, if you're not sure what they're gonna do with you like you might be sitting in catering for three years and then everyone on the indies forgets about you like that's not cool so it's always i always think like when people are like all right that's your opinion i'm gonna go bet on myself and uh you know do what's right for me well, let me, uh, let me let me pop some Discord questions in here. So the first one by Hunter Dillon uh, says, as a self-proclaimed torture expert, what is your favorite submission to use on a wrestler? Um, I like to use as a – like I usually finish people with this. It's you like if I'm on IWTV, I have like this habit of uh, – I use it. Uh, it's called the double palanca. It's a – I learned it in a lucha seminar actually years ago and uh you kind of take the per you lay the person on their stomach if you can get them down there and then you take the other their arm sort of like a cro crippler cross face sort of like a rings of saturn type of deal where you hook the arm across you and you pull the other one over top so you're kind of torquing the shoulder and the pec and then uh, a little bit on like the wrist 
Uh, I like that one a lot. And of course, I like stuff like the Sharpshooter because I'm a big Bret Hart guy. Fujiwara <laughs> Armbar is also a classic. I love uh, anything. And then when I was growing up, my all time, besides the Sharpshooter, all time favorite submission was the Taz Mission. Okay. Very, very big Taz guy growing up. Love that. Um, well, what's <laughs> Steven's question? What's with the tattoos, especially the head? <laughs> oh yeah, bro, we got my head done. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, when did I you start getting up, them? I got my first tattoo when I was fifteen. As I say, you're already wrestling, so your parents yeah, are cool I as was. shit. <laughs> Yo, I was, I it was like a few months after I started wrestling. I was with my buddy Nick. Um, he was also a wrestler. He was also fifteen. Um, where Where is your first tattoo? It, uh, so it was here. Oh, uh, you covered it. <laughs> so it, um, friend from wrestling, we went in, he lived in Yonkers. His wrestling name was Tommy Trouble back in the day. And, uh, we went into Yonkers and like, I went into the shop and they were closing. And I was like, yeah, hey, I'm totally 18. I did not look 18 and, uh, got a bad tattoo. And I thought it was so cool. Then what years later it? I got it covered cause I got a bad tattoo. <laughs> what was the tattoo of? It was like a dagger and it said like no fear. Oh, the no fear. <laughs> the, yeah, the, eyes, so like, the eyeballs. It same company, like it was the same logo. It was so ridiculous. That. <laughs> I picked it off the wall. It was so I want to get a dagger tattoo, but this is I'm a Sean guy. So Sean's shitty oh, dagger yeah. heart snake. Mm -hmm. I want that, but I want it the same idea, but I want a, an, an American traditional artist to redo it in his style, but still have the same premise and layer of the tattoo about nice. the dagger going through the heart with the snake wrapped around. Uh -huh. So it's still the same Sean art, but it's someone else's art doing it and put it right in the same spot. Classic. Yeah. That's, that's, that's been my dream tattoo since I'm a kid, but I always I think thought I, funny. Drew, I think when I was a little kid, me and my sister played tattoo outside, like in my grandma's front yard once. And, uh, I, I drew, uh, that tattoo on her because it was the only tattoo something's, something's dinging oh that's oh, stopped no you're good you're good, good. yeah it, that was the only tattoo that i could like think of in my brain was the Shawn michaels tattoo yeah totally and then one of the first things i learned how to draw was the uh brahma bull skull because everyone was like oh, that nice. the, the brahma bull skull and the uh the the chicago bulls nice there was like yeah so uh what 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 is your favorite tattoo you have on you has the most meaning and uh what was the worst pain tattoo you've gotten well uh, they all suck but like a spot that you're like oh it was the worst to sit through yo like for real so before i got my head done the worst spot on my whole body was like right below my chest like where your rib the front of your ribs like your like, stomach area yeah, like up on like your stomach up onto the ribs area. That was like just getting it filled. Like if you see the pictures of me and stuff, like how it's just solid color. Like it was like to like torture. It like it was really bad. Um, but then years later I get my head done and I got it done in like sections. So the one side I got done, it has like a yeah, it's like a I don't know if you could see it, but it's like, like a, a Japanese demon. Yeah. It's like a Japanese, uh, Oni mask, similar yeah. to what I have on, on my front. And I was like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> and then I got the back done eventually. And 
that also hurt. But then when I got the top, it was like okay. horrible. Like oh, horrible. Hor- like all oh. this through like the hairline area, it was bad. Like really, really bad. I watched a guy get implants put in his head. Oof. The worst, the most blood I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, dude, it was awful. It's yeah. crazy. Um, what was the? Well, oh, how do you feel? Because listen, I know me, my next tattoo, I'm doing it. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm uh-huh. too old for this shit. I hate getting tattoos. I like having them. What do you feel about the numbing cream? Eh, I don't. Care. I've used it before. Yeah, I'm I doing used, it. I used it on my nipples because like they're tattooed there there's yeah. parts of them that are blacked out and i was like yo i don't want to feel this so i used it but then i i reckon if you want to use it i feel like use it for like something small and that's not going to take too long because when i used it it wore off after like 25 minutes and it made it feel worse and you can't reapply it you can but like they say on the bottle like you're supposed to like put like glob it on your your arm or whatever and then wrap it with saran wrap so that like it insulates it. And uh, you're supposed to leave it for like a couple, at least a couple hours for it to really, really? start to Before work. Before the tattoo. Yeah. So th- that's the way you're supposed to do. I think the one that I had like years ago was uh, like three hours. And I was like, cool, let's do this. And it still wore off after like a half hour. I was so oh. pissed. <laughs> I was dying. I was in so much pain. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So maybe for something small or like I tell people sometimes like if you want to get like a piercing, it's really cool. But yeah, as far as an artist goes, like some sometimes it bothers the skin, but it's not too bad. Yeah. So uh, one of the questions to this cord and that was one I was going to bring up here. So we're on the same page, but I'll give Raz the credit for the question. Uh, Raz in the chat. He's in my UK buddy soon. Uh, how did you come up with the name Blackstrom? Where does this character come from? And where do you, what, what, how, how did you come up with the idea of this, this persona? So this, this is actually a really good question. Cause no, no one's actually asked me this before. Um, Blackstrom is, I want my name growing up in wrestling was Dylan black. Um, and I came back and I was still Dylan black. And then like a couple of years later, this dude goes on TV named Alistair black. And he also has tattoos. And I'm like, well, this is getting rough out here. Uh, so I might have to change the name. And then like, I wrestled in a match with a very good wrestler who he's a cool dude named Logan black, um, from New York. You, you know who Logan is. Um, and I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like I could just change my name. It's not a big deal. Like, I'm, like for some reason it got in my head that I was like tattooed guy same last name as the guy on tv so also has giant skull on the front but on the back <laughs> like yeah. a lot of strikes a lot of kicks <laughs> they got a red beard like yeah <laughs> um so i was like i i'm not it's i'm always on the the thing of like who made it famous not like oh i had it for because technically i did have it. i had it in 2001 was my name was dylan black but like you know he goes on tv and that's his thing Cool. It was a guy named like, Tyler Black for a while too, right? Oh yeah. You know what? I didn't watch wrestling during that time period. Yeah. That's what I was. <laughs> so, but uh, <laughs> I, I was like, I'm just gonna change it, but I want it to be something kind of similar. So, um, I watch a lot of hockey, and oh one, yeah, one of uh, one of the dudes from like the Capitals, mm-hmm. he Nicholas uh, Nicholas Backstrom. Yep. Uh, he's got some of the best hands 
in in hockey. The dude can his passing game is amazing. I'm a and Capitals I always, fan. I'm a, oh, you're you're a Devils fan. Capitals. Cap, oh, you're a Caps fan. Yep. Nice. I'm a Rangers fan. <laughs> so, <laughs> I remember watching these games of these playoff games though of uh, Nicholas Backstrom just like ruining us with these passes and these plays. And I would just get so pissed, but like, I respected it. So I was like, what about like Dylan Backstrom or Blackstrom? And so I just kind of like put it together like that. It's kind of like a mix of like my liking for hockey and the name I had already. Yeah. And then I put, cool it, mix. I put an X in there just cause like might bring more attention in there. And oh, it's punk. I like, yeah, it's punk. So like I, and yeah. I sign it with an X. Yeah, and, and you could do a cool like logo with the big X and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, it's a little easier to sign too. It's cool. Yeah, but yeah, and then you know the uh, the torture expert thing had to like it come to me. It, the The phrase literally just like popped in my head one day, like tattooed torture expert. Like it just popped in my head, and it uh, I just kind of went with it and tried to like build it up to to be something cool. I like that. Um. So uh, Raz also asked, you know, you've been all over the world. You said you've been to like multiple states. Uh, where are some other states you've been? And what are some states that you want to or anywhere in the world you'd want to wrestle if you had to pick? Um, so I've wrestled in uh, places like I, I was up in like Vermont. I wrestled. Uh, I've wrestled in Alabama, Georgia. Um, PA, obviously. Jersey. I've wrestled in New York, but like not too often, which is weird because it's like it's about an hour from me. But mm -hmm. it's I understand it's hard running a show in New York because of like the athletic commission and stuff. So like it's Jersey hard. Just, Jersey just got hammered down too. I saw that. It's it's insane. But it's hard to bring guys into New York because like transit and stuff like that. Like, but um, yeah. Like I would like to actually. Uh, wrestle more in new york like i mean traveling and going over the bridge and stuff it's rough but like i don't mind like crowds in new york are always wild mm -hmm. um uh i haven't wrestled in delaware actually um i wrestle in maryland kind of on a regular basis now with flying v they always have really good shows um uh, that's where i was recently and had a great time they're down in like the baltimore area but I want to get out to like everywhere, like Texas, Cali, um, anywhere on the West Coast, really. Like just any to, like inter any internationals you'd like to do everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I went to right when lockdown started, I went to Germany to train at the WXW Academy that they had That's out there. Sick. And it was like I was having so much fun and I was supposed to stay for like a month. And I was staying with like the other wrestlers that were there on their international tour to do like they're having they were having a tournament and it was huge like WXW in Germany is like crazy like it's like they don't have as much wrestling going on out there as we do here so it's a, like the shows are really really good and then like the crowd is like amazing too so. If, I think that they had some stuff up on the WWE network at one point. I don't know if it's still up, but yeah. I would I would check that stuff out. It's it's good wrestling, but I trained out there and then lockdown happened and I had to come home early. So yeah. I was supposed to wrestle on a show and um I think it was in Belgium I was gonna wrestle 
and I was really excited. And uh, it got called off like the day before because they just like in America, they were shutting everything down and there it wasn't yet. And then right as I was leaving, it was like the burger place is closed. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, here's our final question of the podcast and uh, it is, it is sponsored. This is a sponsored question by Logos by Hunter. So if you're looking for a logo for your merchandise or your podcast or any anything, hit him up. He's on uh, YouTube and in Instagram. Uh, Logos by Hunter. He's done a lot of stuff for me. He's super, super talented. But his question is, and we're going to always end with a podcast with this, is if you could write a, a, a letter to your younger self, what would it say? Uh, letter to my younger self. Don't give up. John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I would say yeah, like, uh, yeah, just because like, you know, with wrestling, I had to stop and I feel like there was a point where I could have come back earlier, but I was, you know, caught up in life and, you know, maybe people I shouldn't have been hanging out with and Johnny yeah. Trouble or whatever his name was, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, you know, but then, you know, I, uh, I came back. So, you know, not to give up on anything. Absolutely. Well, where can people find you on social media or, uh, or, or to follow you, or follow along with you on your journey? Uh, I'm on Instagram and threads with under at Blackstrom one, with number one. And I'm also on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. It's so stupid. I got to change um, my little bird up there. I just realized that. Oh, yeah. I Dude, added so the thread the and goes. never got rid of the bird. I have to put the X up there now. Bro, it's so lame now. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> you should just make cars. Don't don't make social social media. media. Bring social. MySpace back. Let's can we have right. MySpace back, where you can put your songs and your top eight. I need that. Back. Yeah, like it's just Twitter sucks now. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I'm on there too with the same uh, same handle, Flaxstrom One, and awesome. uh, yeah, that's that's where to find me really. And uh, I think yeah, match wise, like I got some stuff on uh, IWTV on like wrestling open and stuff like that and yeah check them out well thank you so much man i really appreciate this uh i had an absolute blast learning about you i hope the guests really enjoyed this as well make sure if you're listening to this on the audio platform you leave a five-star review uh in the q a section on spotify you could read a little review tell me what you thought of the podcast uh apple you can leave reviews and if you're watching this on youtube leave a comment below if you're watching this uh later on let us know what you thought of it. Uh, hit the thumbs up buttons and subscribe if it's your first time here. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next Thursday with our next guest. And uh, that'll do it for the ABJ podcast. Here's some music by the Converse Kid. And we'll see you next time.